Welcome to the Mindful Dietitian podcast. I'm Fiona Sutherland, body-inclusive non-diet dietitian and yoga teacher from Melbourne, Australia, and director of The Mindful Dietitian. Please join me as I have important conversations with dietitians and health professionals from all over the world about getting brave and leaning into tough conversations as we cultivate a strong community of practitioners committed to body-inclusive practice. We'll talk about mindfulness, we'll dig into diet culture, and we'll explore ways of bringing courageous and important topics into our professional spaces so we can more deeply understand our own experience and make our work more meaningful. Thank you for joining me. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this next episode of the Mindful Dietitian podcast. It's so wonderful to have you here, and thank you so much for giving your time to listen to us today. So by us, I wanted to introduce you to Crystal Mubarak, who is a dietitian from Vancouver in Canada. So Crystal is from an organization called NutriFoodie, and she is the dietitian and founder. Crystal is passionate about helping people give up chronic dieting and weight cycling to cultivate a positive and peaceful relationship with their bodies and food through group and one-on-one nutrition counseling and food coaching. Crystal believes that our relationship with one another, community, food and body rises above number counting and idealistic, often unrealistic expectations around food, eating and body image or size. Crystal believes that we all deserve to respect this body we're in and we all have the right to eat and enjoy food too. So as I mentioned, Crystal is based in Vancouver in British Columbia in Canada. So Crystal is an absolute powerhouse in this field. Not only is she an entrepreneur, but she is uniquely passionate about weight-inclusive entrepreneurship. And she has a very, very valuable lived experience, which we dive into here in a way that really... Uh, it really opens up the conversation around how valuable it is to include our lived experience in the work that we're doing with clients and communities and how sometimes the way that we frame quote-unquote professional can actually undermine the way that we show up as our true and authentic selves. And Crystal really speaks to this and she has some incredibly valuable words of wisdom to share with us about how she integrates her lived experience and her disentanglement from diet culture into her work as a dietitian here too. So we talk about uh, stigma, we talk about inclusivity, lived experience, professionalism, we talk about the intentional awkward pause and the way that we can integrate counselling approaches into our work as dietitians. I hope that you really enjoy this conversation. I really loved it. It's an absolute cracker. Uh, And if you're looking for more information about uh, the Mindful Dietitian, about uh, services, and courses and training, you can find uh, this and all podcast episodes at the Mindful Dietitian website, which is www.themindfuldietitian.com.au. We also have a very cool Facebook group, which you're more than welcome to join. It is uh, primarily for weight-inclusive dietitians and other health professionals as well. So if you're curious about the work that we all do and want to hear more, then please join us in the Facebook group. You can find me on Instagram at The Mindful Dietitian, where I tend to wax lyrical about anything and everything that is on my mind, either broadly or specifically. So head over there if you want to hear what's going on in my brain. It can get scary at times. I'll warn you there. All right. Thank you so much for being here to hear this conversation with myself and Crystal Mubarak. Hello, Crystal. It's so wonderful to have you here. Welcome to the Mindful Dietitian podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. So you and I have got to know each other a little bit more over the past couple of years. You're located in Canada. I, of course, am located in Australia. And um, I've just enjoyed really getting to know you and your work. It's been so wonderful to, to be connected. Oh, thank you. You as well. I love how much of a powerhouse you are to all of us with inclusive dietitians literally all over the globe. Like I love your work, love following you and even your newsletter. Every time I get an email from you, I'm actually excited to read what you're saying. Always so lovely. Like I feel like you're just my friend who's emailing me. Oh, (laughs) I love it. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, 
the, yeah. well, the reason I appreciate hearing that is because that's the intention is to, you know, cultivate this sense of connection and community and that um, to reduce that often sense of isolation that we feel in doing this work. Yes, no kidding. It's, um, I do often feel isolated in this work, especially here. I don't have that many people who are weight inclusive in my area. And so I always love to connect with dietitians online. I feel like I know more dietitians from the globe, like all over the globe who practice this than I do in my own area, which is mind blowing. It really is. It's just been a, it's been a, such a, a growing community over, over the years. And uh, I, would love to envisage a future where this is the kind of dominant paradigm which envelops dietetics and healthcare in general that would wow that would be amazing <laughs> i know my dream is for dietitians to not be divided on this like my dream is for us to kind of be like we get this we all get like we shouldn't focus on the other things and and i know at the same time like we still need to honor the clients kind of like where they're coming from and the place they're coming from and help them without making them feel judged. But um, I don't think we should disagree on the fact that everyone deserves health without focusing on a number as a measurement of what drives your determination of that. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Respectful care is at the, at the yeah. core really of dietetic practice. So yeah, this makes sense. Yes, it does. So, Crystal, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your, what you're up to now, because I know you're doing some really incredible teaching, and which is something that I know we're both very passionate about, and you're super talented in so many different areas of dietetics. Oh, so, tell us a little bit about what you're doing now, and then maybe, um, I don't know, maybe some little snapshots of, of how you came to be doing this work. Yes, of course. Um, so right now I am, I still, I'm working in my business, NutriFoodie, which is a, a place for me to create a relationship with my clients and help them create a healthier relationship with their food and their body and a more positive one. Um, and no matter how that looks like, so it might not end up being food, food, like a body love and body positivity, but body respect and body trust is at the heart of it. Um, so that's uh, where I, I, I take my work with my clients. I do one-on-one -on -one counseling and coaching as well as group coaching. And I love the group education components because I get to also foster that support environment and for them to be there for each other moving forward. Because if it's hard for me to find another dietitian that works in this area, in my area, I can only imagine how it is for them. So that's pretty amazing. And I've been I'm also working on developing free webinars for um, my clients and uh, cooking classes, online cooking classes. And um, also soon I'll have uh, my uh, online shop available and open uh, for dietitians and also clients to purchase some uh, products from there, including the Mindful Dietitian cards, which I'm so excited for our Canadian people to access them more easily. Uh, and faster. So I'm excited for that to become available here. Yeah. Oh, thank you. So a little bit of a backstory. Uh, Crystal and I spoke a couple of months ago about, you know, developing a collaboration and how we could, um, I guess, just sh share more of what we both do. And yeah, so, so Crystal is now stocking the Mindful Dietitian cards. So the, um, the body healing cards, which were designed by Marcy Evans and myself and the mindful eating cards. And so, oh my goodness, I'm just so super grateful. This is just a way to be able to share more of what we both do. Thank you. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I'm excited for everyone to have it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. yeah. And then let's take us, take us back. How did you get to this spot of doing, oh, of man. developing NutraFoodie and being such a, an incredible superstar in the entrepreneurial space? Thank you. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, like many of us, I've had my personal struggles with food and my body image and, and my body size and all of that comes with it. Um, and so I grew up with a lot of weight stigma and a lot of body hate and and disordered eating, my own experience with disordered eating on the verge of an, developing an eating disorder. Um, and so through that experience, it's just that it was so grounded in my culture because in 
and I'm from Lebanon and in Lebanon like the what is considered healthy is an eating disorder like it's actually legitimately would be considered an eating disorder um, um more like anorexia style uh, or more like anorexia type behaviors um that would be considered healthy in Lebanon so that's what everybody's looking to do and to to pursue and it took me so long to get to a point where I was like this is not good like I don't know what I'm doing um because it just I was constantly on and off dieting my weight was constantly cycling and was so frustrating and angering because I always like everyone else would get compliments only when my body was smaller or when I was losing weight and um that made me feel so attached to my family and feeling like I always had to prove myself by that look And so um after many years um I in my undergraduate years I was getting frustrated because I didn't want to study chemistry. I was supposed to be a chemistry professor. Like who would have thought? I thought I was going to major in chemistry. Um but I said to my mom one day as a joke and be like I don't want to do chemistry. Maybe I should just be a dietitian. I've already learned every diet under the sun. And my mom looked at me she's like that's a great idea. maybe you should do that <laughs> and so i actually started looking into being a dietitian as a result of that um and then i uh, through my education i noticed like this is all just teaching me so much about numbers and about food and i guess like if i follow all these things then i must look this way and even like following a lot of these rules i didn't like actually um meet the criteria for what is considered um you know good enough for my body so i just it kept getting worse over time and eventually i was like i just can't do this anymore i am so tired and i'm not embarrassed to say that this was actually all throughout my education all throughout my my internship and after my internship like in the first year or so i was still struggling with it and um eventually when i was going through entrepreneurship courses they asked me what is your why like why are you doing your work like why does this matter what makes you different than other people and in my mind i'm like i don't know like i just i just want people to eat well and enjoy their food and then they were like why like why is it and why do they have to choose you instead of somebody else and i could not answer that question and i took it home and i thought about it over and over and over and i kept asking that annoying why until i said i just don't want another child to have to hide in the pantry and eat because they're too embarrassed to eat in front of others mm. and i just felt like my inner child was like crying and it was like i need help you know and at that moment it was either me working on my relationship with my body or quitting being a dietitian because i knew that that was a huge barrier to me to be authentic and to help my clients truly and authentically so at that moment i was like okay i really need to take time so i um had uh, continued i stopped working as much with um uh pursuing work with clients one on one and i went to counseling myself and i worked on myself until i was confident and uh, able to kind of uh, stand tall as a dietitian without being embarrassed and i remember the person that i saw at that time she was incredible and she was actually a dietitian colleague who's also a therapist and i to this day feel like i owe my career to her because without kind of getting that kind of support and help um non-judgmentally and complete like utter just care and and professionalism and um having that uh completely elevated my uh my career and be able to accept that my lived experience in this weight stigma world weight stigmatized world was um actually going to help me be more compassionate and supportive to others instead of being the barrier. So that's really what brought me here. That was like in a nutshell. Wow, what an incredible path. I was going to say the J word, the journey word, but um <laughs> what what an incredible path of um healing and self-reflection and exploring. Wow, that's that's mm-hmm. that's truly incredible. Um Crystal, I'm wondering 
if and and of course only to the degree which feels okay what were some of the elements which really contributed towards your own healing so after you had um after you were a dietitian and you were thinking oh my goodness if i'm going to be you know um if my mission is then to be supporting other people in healing their own relationships then oh I better um, get off this highway right now and do some of my own work. So I'm curious to understand a little bit about the, you know, what were the kind of the core elements which really contributed to you coming to a sense of greater peace and ease with your own relationship with food and eating and your body? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, at the beginning, it was uh, the element that, that started being there. And that was the base of everything is that, I just didn't want to do the on and off and I wanted consistency and I wanted my mental health to be better. So honoring my mental health came first. Um, and then second, what helped me kind of rid of all of these kind of things, what for me actually was two main things. And I don't know if it's the same for a lot of people, but for me, they made a humongous difference. Um, I learned about radical acceptance and I needed to accept what I had gone through because every time you had a conversation with me about about my body it was always like oh well the reason why I gained weight was because I was stressed or because this person or because I used to do this or because you know I always kind of talked about my past and I remember in therapy I uh, one of the biggest things that I learned was about radical acceptance and it was like accept what happened and you have to deal with today and move forward because you can't, you literally can't go back and be that size again and change things. You can't. So this is where you are today. So what can you do today to move forward and honor your body and honor your health and whatever it is that you're capable of doing at this moment? And you would work with the right person in order to find that out for yourself. And as dietitians, we can do that too. It's not the same for everybody. So um, yeah, so that's where, that was my second one. And through radical acceptance, I gave up three things. Um, one was clean out my closet. So it was no longer the clothes that can fit me, but just clothes that I felt like wearing. So I went, I had luggages full of clothes that I had worn four years before <laughs> that I was like, I need to throw these away. That's it. It's just, I need to get rid of these. And so clothes from years and years that I'm going to fit into this one day kind of thing that I got rid of those. Um, and second, I cleaned out my social media, no more social media that made me feel, um, like negative, um, no harmful kind of diet culture messaging removed, uh, unfollowed all these people. And then the third thing that was really beneficial for me was, um, uh, for me to, uh, start seeing myself in that way and to start talking about it and and feeling confident in it and to speak, to talk in a way that actually was helpful. So I connected with uh, other people that were, um, you know, like on Facebook with these dietitian groups and started reading about it and listening to more podcasts and things like that, which really helped with my healing as well. And then being able to accept where I, where, what I have done so far um, and be able to move from there. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing those, um, those, those kind of core elements because um, sometimes I think that in sharing our story, it can be really valuable to really drill down on like, what was, what was, what is the, the quote unquote work? Like what was the work that I had to do? Remembering that um, I'm imagining also, you know, having done, a lot of us do our own work is that a lot of this can be really painful, very difficult. And lots of time. Mm -hmm. And and you need to also allow yourself to feel the shitty feelings and to know what is triggering for you. And I find like the word, I read a quote the other day. It was like, when you're triggered, that's where you know where the work is. The work is. Yeah. Yeah, the work is. Yeah. I wonder if you shared it. Did you share it? Um, no, it wasn't possible. me, but I love that. <laughs> it's very yeah. possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I know that I saw it on Instagram. And I remember thinking in that moment, I was like, that's so true. Because if you were triggered by these clothes, these clothes are the ones that are causing you that harm. If you're triggered by, um, by words that you're hearing from other people, how do you respond to them? I was, for me, another trigger for me was my old photos. So looking at my old photos and I used to, I remember very clearly 
many years ago, I created a vision board with the photos that I've loved at my smallest size. And I remember putting them on there and thinking those were going to motivate me <laughs> to get back to that set. And they never did. They just made me feel worse. And I remember um, that I, like, thinking very clearly. I was like, I need to take these down. These are not serving me any benefit. And then I replaced them by a vision board that I was like, okay, what do I want to get? I want from life other than looking in a certain way. And I was like, okay, well, I want to be this badass boss woman. <laughs> and this is what I envision for my career. This is what I envision for my home. I want to be a mom. I want to travel. I want to get a new car. I want to um, move my body in comfortable exercise clothes instead of trying to force myself on the smaller ones. And I did that. I bought all the clothes that fit my body and I wanted to dress well and feel well at my size, not in a size that I was forced to fit. I have a whole other story for that. I could talk about that forever. Um, but it was such a big value, I think, in my culture to look a certain way. And I was like, I would look great on my terms, in my size, how I am able to live and feel good and not in your standards. And, and I feel like when we embody that, then the more we do that, the more exuberant of happiness we're able to share with the world and say and say like hey I can be happy at my ha I'm at my fat size too um, and so and I'm using fat as a neutral descriptor um, and so I just wanted to yeah to kind of like share that with the world and say I can be amazing regardless of the size that you want me to be absolutely on my terms on my terms I love that yeah <laughs> yeah I'm I'm curious to ask, Crystal, as you were doing this work, um, what were the kind of experiences of your family around this? Yeah, I, at the beginning, I got a lot of backlash, like, oh, what about your health? And what about this? And what about that? And I kept like, argue at the beginning, when you're very sensitive about it, you fight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I used to fight against it. And with time, when I got confident, so... Um, like I remember a very important, like the point, the point where I realized that, oh my God, I feel great uh, is when, um, I got engaged and the next thing I hear from my family was, oh my God, so now you need to lose weight to fit into your wedding dress. Oh. And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> um, no, the wedding dress is going to fit me. And honestly, I, that's now the picture that I leave over here is to remind me that I'm going to be a queen and I'm going to be amazing. I'm going to feel amazing in that dress. Um, and that dress is not going to fit me. I'm going to like, sorry, I'm not going to fit that dress. The dress is going to fit me. Mm -hmm. And that story became so monumental in my life because 10 years before was when I was graduating and I starved myself for many months and skipped so many meals. I did a lot of disordered eating slash, you know, questionable behaviors to lose the weight that to fit in a dress that was a size or two sizes smaller. I can't even mm -hmm. remember now. But, but I remember looking at the pictures from my grad and not remembering a single thing about the event and about mm -hmm. what I had gone through and just thinking about how much I wanted to fit that dress. Like, that's all I could remember. Can't remember anything else. Like, very little, like, things that would stand out in my mind versus the wedding. I remember all of it. And I remember how happy I was and how much I was so excited to celebrate with family. And I enjoyed every minute of that day. And I look at these photos and I feel love and joy instead of looking like at my photos and thinking of my dieting to get to that dress. <laughs> and so that that's when I knew that I was confident and happy. And since then, I actually, we haven't had discussions about my body. It's been three years and I'm so proud. <laughs> so Interesting. That's yeah. really interesting too, how families do have the capacity to, to be able to learn from observation, even if they themselves have been very, very uh, caught up and entangled in diet culture um, yeah. as well as um, broader culture because diet culture exists within a broader culture um, and yeah. intersects with our individual cultures and, and religions and genders and everything in between. So, yeah. ooh, that's so interesting. Yeah, and, like, if they – I remember one day I had one of my uh, family members say, oh, my God, you've lost weight. I was like, no, still the same. I don't weigh myself, so I have no idea. <laughs> 
And so then they're like, so did you do something different? Did you eat different? Did you exercise? I'm like still exercising like I've always have, still eating the same way. Mm-hmm. Nothing has changed. Maybe it's just the way that you're looking at me has changed. Yeah. And I remember saying that with like, like a smoke <laughs> in my brain. Like me, like, oh my God. Went to therapy. <laughs> yeah, you're just seeing me happy. You're not seeing me thinner. And I thought that that was very amazing to kind of pinpoint as to like our perception of other people that like we stop seeing the thighs when we start seeing other things that are happening and the more you fight it the worse it's gonna get but the more you're just kind of like you know owning it the you know the easier it's gonna get and the more you can actually deal with it with comfort and confidence even in the bad days because I know that now we're going through a really difficult time and everybody's body is changing and I think if we come from a place of acceptance radical acceptance we can't change what we've gone through and from forgiveness and also comfort just appreciating what our body is allowing us to do and allowing those negative feelings to kind of not come back i mean you can feel we can feel sad and we can feel hurt or whatever it is that we are feeling and but we allow ourselves to feel those feelings without destroying ourselves and destroying our body and saying negative things to ourselves Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how it has uh, changed drastically. That's incredibly powerful. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Crystal, do you mind um, sharing with us a little bit about then how you work with clients? Because, you know, there is some, I guess there's some dominant narratives in healthcare and in dietetic care that, you know, are, uh, around for example sharing your own story and how we're supposed to do that or not do that Mm -hmm. and so I'm, I'm really curious to hear a little bit about how you weave your own experience into the work that you do with people whether that is spoken or unspoken or and how you how you kind of how your own experience informs the work that you do 100%. I love sharing my story. I didn't used to because it was part of my education and training to not share anything about myself. But what I think that did to me and and maybe just my personality, but in my line of work, what it did in entrepreneurship is it allowed people to feel closed, like it uh, made me feel closed off. It's kind of like behind a a closed wall um, that you're not allowed to touch me. I'm so much better that I, I do everything perfectly because I know it all. So then, you know, like, this is why you don't know anything that's happening about me because I'm perfect. And so it was just kind of behind that wall. And then once I kind of, you know, pulled those um, those barriers out of the way, and it really allowed me to kind of dig deeper and to connect deeper with clients and to create a relationship, still a professional relationship, but a human relationship because we are human and to let them know like, Hey, no matter how much, you know, you're still going to struggle in life and there's still going to be things that are going to come in your way. And it's okay to share your experience, but it's not okay to project your experience. Like it's okay to say, this is how I experienced things. And this has affected me too. And I have worked with it, but this is what worked for me. Things will work differently for you, but I do know that there is a way for you too. So let's find that way together. So it's just kind of giving them comfort that it's okay. I'll join you on your journey because I've had others join me on mine and help me through it as well. So I'm going to join you and then let's do this together. So it just helps them feel more comfort and at ease and more trusting of you. Because if you think of the most influential people in the world that you've connected with, they've told a story. They always tell a story. And then you connect with them through that story. And you're like, oh, yeah, I totally get it. And sometimes it's a story that you had no idea what they were going to talk about. And then you're like, oh, wow, now I feel like I'm part of your life. And then they didn't become less professional through that story. They just connected with you. They were able to connect those dots and those strings and build that web around it and to be able to support you through it all. So I really like that. Um, approach that I have my clients and they really love and appreciate when I do share these stories Um, I'm just very mindful to not project my experience onto them Mm. so how would if there are people listening who are feeling some discomfort with having that kind of um, more professional client 
relationship which is it's part of power structures isn't it where Mm -hmm. like it or not it kind of positions us in a place of power um and doing to and over as opposed to being with which you spoke to so beautifully just now um how would people uh understand a little bit more about how to weave in some story some narratives some lived experience which are so valuable Mm -hmm. but also understand how to kind of draw that line and and set some reasonable boundaries without projecting Mm -hmm. so I think we like for those who don't know like how we may be projecting I think that would be a good one to know to understand we may project our experience when uh, we make assumptions about situations uh, and then we're basically thinking that this person must have experienced what I have. So asking questions is really helpful. And then the way that you would like asking questions and be like, have you experienced this? Or have you, you know, like when you're asking a question out of curiosity, at least it gives you kind of more information um, to, to know uh, where this person is coming from without making assumptions about their experience. Um, because I think a lot of times when we make assumptions we already lose our connection with our client and um, so I think that that is first um, second would be to um, kind of like sometimes if it's a very specific example it's better to word it in a way like that's saying well I have seen that this has worked for uh, multiple people including myself and then this is the way that it would work that way it's less Uh, for pressure that somebody needs to agree with you that it's just about you and your experience and I think that that is better transitional space for those who are not used to sharing their own experience and then see how the client responds if you're including yourself along with another group Mm. it's less stressful and less pressure than to just say I have experienced this (laughs) Um, that might help Uh, and it also helps the client to not feel um, an obligation to agree with you yeah absolutely which just reinforces that power structure doesn't it yes it does and so i think with the like the reason why we might feel like we need to maintain the power structure might have been with our education or with other things and then you want to question your surroundings like is it triggered by these things or is it your own position that you don't want anyone to see through kind of your insecurities and is that why you're afraid then that's work that you have to do on yourself not on not put that wall up and then prevent your client from growing in and more further it's kind of like think of growing a plant like if you have a plant that needs to grow further but it's in a small pot and all the roots are entangled down there like you need to give it more space and more room and more soil and more nurturing for it to grow and so I would say the same thing if you're putting it in a small pot and you're limiting it through that, that's all the growth that you're going to see. But if you allow it to give it more room and more connection, uh, more place to grow, then I think it'll be more nurtured and just happier and grow further. Oh, what a beautiful metaphor. <laughs> yeah, I think it's on top of my mind because I just repotted a plant. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, it's growing again. So it's making me happy. And I was like, I think this is a great metaphor. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a brilliant one that as dietitians and health professionals, we can keep coming back to that, you know, finding, uh, finding uh, touch points for self-reflection is that's, that's a really great one is, you know, in, in, in what way or in what ways am I limiting myself in my own pot and, and in what ways Mm -hmm. am I, am I perhaps then bringing this into my professional practice? Yeah, and your lived experience matters. It is evidence to you because it makes you more compassionate and it connects you with people on that level, but it doesn't mean that it makes you less professional or less experienced or less evidence. It's just contributing to your to how you're seeing the view, how you're understanding that information. Like whenever you are really integrating information into your life, you have to connect it to yourself in one way or another. And if you don't, then it makes it harder for you to communicate it. And it doesn't mean that it's impossible. It just means it's harder. And so when you are able to kind of communicate through your own experience and through your own lived experience or be able to put it into that perspective, then we're able to communicate it better to our clients and we're, then our clients receive it better too. Definitely. I really appreciate before when you were talking about um, feeling seen and validated 
because mm -hmm. um, ultimately, regardless of the, the the type of professional you're seeing or, or what you're experiencing or uh, the, the difficulties that you're kind of coming along with, but feeling witnessed and feeling validated and seen mm -hmm. just as you are without that kind of fixing mentality is incredibly valuable. And that's not typically part of our teaching curriculum. No, it's not even taught in it. Like when we take counseling courses, it, it, like in our, uh, at least here in BC, like I've never learned that in my undergrad or any, any point of my education until I was able to kind of learn it through people like yourself, like yourself through social media and through podcasts. And I'm just mind blown as to how, what kind of professional would I have been if I was growing 10 years ago uh, in this profession? I don't know if I would be in the same place as I am today, um, you know, considering con all things considering. So yeah, I think that that's a beautiful thing that we can share with one another in this realm and, and, to be able to grow that voice through our profession and say like that we need to continue to do that and to just know that we don't need to fix everything and everybody and every single problem in their life. Sometimes somebody just needs to know that they are seen and they're appreciated, they're validated and they're heard and it's okay to feel your feelings. And I think that's something that we all have to learn the hard way in this mm -hmm. quarantine too. <laughs> just mm -hmm. to say it's okay to not feel good and it's okay to feel bad and for your for things to change and it's okay what you need to do to take care of your mental health. Yeah, that's so true. You know, um I can only I can only speak from my own experience and understandings of our Australian curriculum, but um I think the the way that counselling skills are being integrated into dietetics has improved vastly, um, mm. probably since either of us graduated. Um, you yeah, know, I probably. at one university, oh, actually two universities in particular, I teach counselling skills. But again, it's very limited. It should be, well, I believe that it should be a massive foundational unit. Um, 100%. Yeah, but it is being... Um, it is being improved, which is so fantastic. It's really, really great for the students now. Mm -hmm. And alongside that, it's interesting that it, I think when, uh, or what I observe when when students, you know, become graduates, is there's this almost a, a, a grating against what I feel I should be doing with a client. And so the the effort that it takes to remember, listen. Like, yeah listen is going to be the foundation and it sounds rudimentary listening yeah if in doubt just listen just listen and i learned to pause too pause. i am not a person to, to allow silence to happen in my normal life personally it makes me feel very uncomfortable but i learned the power of that through motivational interviewing like listening and pausing and being quiet there's this really cool video that um, so Tara McGregor is um, a colleague and therapist uh, of, of ours. She's she's based here in Australia and she does all the motivational interviewing training for dietitians. She's super amazing and one of the best yeah. teachers, the best teachers I've ever had for sure. And um, Tara shows this video in, in, as part of her foundational motiv motiv motivational interviewing skills training. And it's a... Um, a video by a US-based coach called uh, Marie Forleo, who some of the listeners I love might, be, her. Yeah, might be familiar with. Yeah, yeah. so Marie is, so um, she's out there in a number of ways. I really, you know, appreciate yeah. a lot of her, her ideas around things. And this video is called The, in, the Intentional Awkward Pause. I haven't <laughs> seen it. I need to look that up. I'll put I'm it in the, it I'll put it in the podcast notes. It's an absolute yeah. cracker. It's literally just a couple of minutes. And I, I, I mean, it's not giving away because the title of it gives away actually what the video is about. It's very short and it's just about, it's really a reflection on that. It is very, very awkward <laughs> to pause. <laughs> and she says in this, she says in this video, she's like, I'm going to tell you something that is going to change the way that you interact with your clients. And, and she says, she and then she pauses. She just like, wait. <laughs> she's so funny. I love it's her. It's a cracker. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then she says, 
did you catch it? <laughs> I'll do it again. Okay, just in case you missed it the first time, I'll do it again. And then she pauses again. It's hilarious because oh. you're waiting for her to say something or do something, and then she doesn't. <laughs> it's very funny. And then she goes so on good. to talk about the power of just allowing space and allow and what that space offers us. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Hundred percent. I love that. I'm gonna share that video. I love it. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll add it to the. I'll add it to our notes anyway. So That's great. Yeah. So you have become um, such a, a powerhouse in entrepreneurship. So what is it about, what is it about entrepreneurship and the way that you have built NutraFoodie that really means something to you? Mm, oh man, that's such a good question. So, I mean, you know, this has like so many layers to it. So uh, the beginning of it is that I, I wanted to be creative. I want to be creative and not be told what to do or what not to do. Um, other than what is required for me to do under law. <laughs> the absolute <laughs> essentials. <laughs> yes. The absolute essentials. Because I, I don't. To be creative. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I don't relate to that at all, Crystal. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes. So, I mean, those are the things that we have to keep in mind, but. Um, to stay in business. <laughs> right. But um, other than that, I wanted to be creative. I really love, so before everything else like developed, I knew um, when I was looking for a new career as a, or something to study when I was an undergrad, I said, okay, I like business, but I don't want just business. I also want science. I like counseling, but I just don't want to do only counseling full time. What else can I I want it to be part of my life. I like food, but I don't want to be a chef. I like working with people. I don't want to be alone. Like, I don't want to just like sit in a lab because as I mentioned earlier, I was considering being a chemistry professor. <laughs> I didn't want to sit in a lab and like titrate things, you know, I wanted to talk and, so, and to be creative. So those are all the things that kind of came into play um, in, in making the decision of choosing dietetics. And yeah, because it brought everything together. I also wanted to be a teacher. That was the thing that I wanted to be when I was a child playing on my own, like pretend having a class. <laughs> um, so I wanted to be a teacher. But um, so as, as things developed, I started developing NutraFoodie through summer camps that I did at UBC. And then as I was doing that, uh, those programming and developing things year after year, it was growing as an entre in entrepreneurship and learning a lot of things. And I, what I realized is that every single time I ask myself if I can see myself doing something else, I don't see myself not doing what I'm doing. I can't see five years in the future and not having NutraFoodie and, or work that I'm doing for myself in, in this realm. And uh, I think a lot of it has been contributed through other things that I've experienced in the workplace. Um, a lot of places where I would interview for that I know I'm a great fit for that job and I would be a great um, dietitian for them and for working with them and being creative in my role and engaging all the things and developing programming and teaching and educating and counseling. And then I would come to that job with all the hopes in the world. And then I would have an interview things that I've said to me that are, can be considered that are, you know, coming from a place of weight stigma like saying something like, oh, well, our dietitian, the most important thing is that our dietitian has to look the part. Mm. Or, um, I know. That one just will always, I'll never forget that one. Um, and another one that I've heard was um, in another interview was, uh, well, we don't, here at this place, we don't only uh, talk the talk, but we also walk the walk. And I was like, uh, I'm sorry. What is that supposed to be? <laughs> What the heck does that mean? I don't, I'm like, that is so judgmental. I can't even start because like that person at the same time, they panned me from top to bottom. I'm like, okay, I'm oh out. I'm very uncomfortable here. Uh, I don't want to work with it for you. I didn't say that, but um, yeah, it's very unfortunate. Like these things are out there. And I think um, that's the perception that a lot of people will come to us with. And I think over time I had to learn to say, okay, like there's places where they're not going to see my value. I need to go to places where I can share my value and I can actually bring my value to the table and make big change. Like one of my roles, one of the things that I do in my life is two of them. One is um, 
I uh, work with a lot of students at UBC. Um, that's UBC is the University of British Columbia, and that's the only one in BC or in British Columbia that has a dietetics program. So a lot of students who are applying for the dietetics program, they're looking for um, for opportunities to craft, to build their experience and also for projects when they are in the dietetics program. So I always volunteer to be part of that in order to share my expertise, my knowledge and my understanding of body, um, for, of body respect and health at every size and intuitive eating. Um, and so I love that because then I'm helping the new generation understand this going into the world. And the second thing that I do is that I, I teach at Langara College here in BC, and I teach first year uh, nutrition and second year nutrition or second level, first and second level nutrition. And in those courses, I've integrated a lot about intuitive eating, health at every size throughout the sections, especially the ones that I'm forced to teach about weight management. Mm. Um, so I have to integrate and share it in a, in a unique way. And through that experience, we got the opportunity to add notes in the courses that get passed on to generations moving forward um, in Langara for future instructors. So things that are now like integrated into the curriculum that never existed before, because I can, I can be part of that change. So I focused on the things that I can do through my business and through my roles where I am um, able to make a difference. And um, I take that pride. I will do all that it takes for me to keep doing that. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, uh, so really what you're, what you're saying is focus where you can be most effective, focus yeah, where right. you have influence. Exactly. Cause I want dietitians listening to know that we all may have struggles and, and experiences with weight stigma or experiences with people who have put us down in any way, shape or form. It could be from a different way of, of being a dietitian, not being, not getting the respect that you deserve or the value to be shown the value that you deserve, I would really urge everyone to not feel defeated by this and to know that there is a place for you where you can bring your value and your utmost, um, you know, value to the world and to share that with everyone who deserves you because you deserve to share those things with the world. Um, and there's only the talents that you can, what, who you are, even as a dietitian, we all have the same education we're all vastly different because of our lived experience. So don't be afraid to integrate that into your work and to bring that through and to not be afraid of sharing your value with the world in a different way than you might have by now. So I hope that that will be something that, uh, that you can take away. If they take away one thing from this podcast, I hope that you take away that you are needed as you are <laughs> and you're valuable as you are and we need you mm -hmm. to keep fighting the good fight. Yeah, absolutely. And surrounding yourself with people who can bolster that sense of that you are not only welcome, but you add tremendous amount of value in the world just as you are. Um, you know, it, it's really important to have people around you saying, no, no, you don't need to change anything. Focus on where you can be effective. Yes. And that value can always be communicated. Sure. Absolutely. To when people are willing to listen. <laughs> People are not willing to listen. You need to move on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As um, uh, Dana Sturtevant says, are they reachable or teachable? Yes, that's a great one. It's a good mm -hmm. snippet. Are they mm -hmm. reachable or teachable? Are they the bully or, or are they the teacher? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. Are they the yeah. troll or are they the teacher? Yes. Yep. Are they, there, are they there to irritate you or you know, anywhere between irritate you to inciting violence or are they there to really help you learn? And, um, you know, sometimes that doesn't come wrapped in a nice glittery box. Sometimes it yeah. comes in the form of quote unquote feedback. <laughs> <laughs> feedback. Feedback. <laughs> We've all received like the different quote unquote feedback that we were like questioning you're like, how is this helpful again? Please remind me. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's so true. That's so true. Yeah. That's uh, true. So, Crystal, what are, what's the most important thing things that you would really like people to know about your business, where to find you, and, um, well, let's just start there, where to find you. 
Yeah, so you can uh, always reach me on my website. There, you can visit nutrifoodie.ca. I also um, have blogs that I publish um, that are helpful for clients, uh, usually answering questions that I get uh, from clients and addressing these different topics. I'm also on Instagram uh, at nutrifoodie underscore org and also on Facebook. So you can look up facebook.com slash nutrifoodie. And that's where I can be reached, but I can also share my email with you if you want to get in touch directly, uh, and then we can talk that way. I'm more than happy to do video chats with you too. If you want to connect, I'm always open to connecting with dietitian colleagues and to have closer relationships uh, in the world. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. I am eternally grateful for you choosing dietetics and for choosing white inclusive practice and for you oh. doing the therapy <laughs> which has yes. you know doing the work. right doing the work which has allowed us to see the real you or the real you that's not even the right way to say it but I, the, I actually I feel you. like I identify with that it's okay. like it is like it brings out the best of me and the, mm -hmm. the real me that's internal that didn't get a lot to come out so it's kind of like the caterpillar Coming out as the butterfly. <laughs> that's Another the great I'm the butterfly. You're the butterfly. That's all right. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an amazing uh, pleasure to chat about uh, this today and also to connect with you. And I'm, I'm always grateful for you to be here and to keep serving us as dietitians in the world. Like you're incredible. So I'm grateful for you. Oh, thank you so much, Crystal. I really appreciate you. And um, thanks for bringing your gifts to the world. Thank you. You're amazing. I'll talk thank to you soon. For sure. Take Bye. care. Well, that's our episode of the Mindful Dietitian interview series for today. Thank you so much to our wonderful guest and to you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. Just a reminder that you can find me over on the website www.themindfuldietitian.com.au and please join actually quite a large group of wonderful and enthusiastic dietitians on the closed Facebook group, The Mindful Dietitian. The music you hear is called Happiness from Ben Sound, used under the Creative Commons license. Have a great day, everyone.